today we're going to use those same four verses in Romans 8 as kind of our springboard uh, as we've been talking for the last few weeks, uh, in particular a portion of that verse 13. So let's read Romans 8 verses 12 through 14 and I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your word. It is, it is the food that we need to nourish our very souls. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us all to have ears to hear this morning, to hear from you, to hear from your word. And, Lord, I pray that you would keep me on target. Lord, that you would keep me from going down trails or anything like that. But, Lord, just let your word speak. Help us, I pray. Pour out your spirit upon us. Keep us from error. Lord, we love you. Speak to us now, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, for the last few weeks, what's been? it's been back a few weeks ago that we've been looking at this, that portion of verse 13, it says, by the Spirit put to death the deeds of the body. In other words, we've, we've talked about it, be killing sin. Be about the business of killing sin that is in our lives. And we're not to try to do this solely of our own strength, but rather by the Spirit be killing sin. Now, I've asked this question several times. I'm going to ask it one more time. What is the weapon of the Spirit? Tell me. It's the sword, the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So to kill sin in our lives... To fight the good fight of faith, we must be taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the Bible. So in the fight of faith, we're to fix our gaze, set our minds on the Word of God. As Jim brought out this morning, we must be in the Word. We must. We must be in the Word. I've read a quote from A.W. Tozer's book, God's Pursuit of Man. I'm going to read it one more time today because it's that good. I believe this will probably be the third time I've read it. Quote, the spirit-filled walk demands that we live in the word of God as a fish lives in the sea. By this, I do not mean that we study the Bible merely, nor that we take a course in Bible doctrine. I mean that we should meditate day and night. And that is at Psalms 1 verse 2 that says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So to... Uh, I mean that we should meditate day and night in the sacred word, that we should love it and feast upon it and digest it every hour of the day and night. When the business of life compels our attention, we may yet with a, and here's that little phrase I love, with a blessed mental reflex, keep the word of truth ever before our minds, end quote. And I love that statement and how he put it. When, when the business of life compels us when we're just going along in our everyday life and something pops up that we need the sword 
that we have hidden it in our heart and in our mind so that it is there a blessed mental reflex. It's almost like we don't, we've been in the Word so much, it just comes to us by the grace of God. A blessed mental reflex to have that Word hidden in our heart. Why? That we might not sin against God. That's why. So by the Spirit, be putting to death the deeds of the body using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That was three weeks ago that we looked at particular verses that could be used in the fight against particular temptations and trials. And again, Jim, you mentioned Logos, the Logos, the entirety of God's Word, and we looked at how uh, Jesus used when He was in that being taken up by the Spirit to be tempted in the wilderness, he used the Word of God, a rhema, a rhema, a particular word, that um, in in Ephesians 6, 17, uh, take the helmet of, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The, the Greek word there is not logos, the entirety of God's Word. Remember, we've talked about that. It's, it's rhema, which means a particular word. And that's what Christ did. He had a particular word for every time that Satan came to him and said, here, I offer you this. And Jesus had a rhema, a particular word for that particular temptation. And so we talked about that, that we need to have those particular words, those remas. We, we talked about and called them fighter verses that we could use to combat the temptations toward anger. We, we talked about anger. We talked about bitterness. We talked about unforgiveness and vengeance, and we looked at different uh, verses. Uh, I believe we also talked about lust. And so those verses that we could use when those temptations come to us. And I said that we were going to look at, at another time, because I believe it would take a whole sermon to look at the fight of faith when it comes to anxiety, fear, and worry. Because I believe that perhaps the greatest temptation that a child of God faces is a temptation to worry, and t- the temptation to anxiety, a temptation to fear. Um, and, and when you think about that, what are we saying when we have anxiety, when we have fear, when we worry? What are we saying about the God that we serve? In, in reality, we're saying that we don't believe He can take care of us. That we don't, the, the one who saved us by faith through grace, we don't believe he could help us in our everyday life. Uh, Barb and I, we were at uh, one of these little conferences that we go to, and, and the gentleman shared a story. He said, it, when it comes to worry, he said it would be like if, if I sent my little girl uh, to school, and she's there, and she's sitting in, in her class, and, and then we get this phone call. And, and the, the teacher says, and the administrator says, I, I don't know what's going on at home. I don't know what's going on, but, but your little girl is, is nervous all the time. She's biting her nail. She's pulling her hair. She's, and we've asked her what, what's going on. And she said, well, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just worried that, that, that dad's not going to come pick me up. I, 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 I'm worried that, that, that I'm not going to have a house to live in when I get home. I, I, I'm concerned we're, we're not going to have any food at, at home. As a dad, how would that make you feel if that was your child that, that was thinking those things? But do you understand that's what we're doing to God when we don't trust Him? We're, we're here biting our nails and we're pulling our hair thinking, oh, I'm worried about all these things. Don't you know that He will 
be there. He is our Father, and we can always trust Him. Do we, do we ever have a call to really worry or to fear? We're, we're going to get into that today. And let's begin. Let's begin here. Let's begin by remembering that this battle, this fight for faith begins in our mind. Begins in our mind. Begins in our thinking. When the thought comes that would tempt us to be anxious, to worry, or to fear, what must we do? Take the sword. Take the sword and answer it with a word with a rima, with a particular word that would meet whatever that particular temptation is. That particular word. Take the shield of faith to fight the good fight of faith. I I, I keep using that phrase, good fight of faith, but let's read where I'm getting that from. 1 Timothy 6, verse 12. This was Paul to Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight. Make war with the sin that is in our lives. Knowing this, we read this quite often, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. I think this is very important because when we're talking about our thinking, we're talking about going into battle, we have to come to this and understand what Paul was saying here in 2 Corinthians. For though we walk in the flesh, and you understand what we've talked about this flesh and spirit and all this quite a bit. Here when he's saying, though we walk in the flesh, that's this earthly body that we're walking around on here on planet earth. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. I don't know what's he talking about here. Well, let's keep going. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not of the flesh, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We're talking spiritual here. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So so perhaps plainly said, so when the world, the flesh, or the devil tries to tempt you in any way, we must say, no, the word of truth, the word of God says this. Combat the lies with the word of truth. So let's let's look at a few verses of how to fight the good fight of faith when dealing with, with fear. Let's go to Psalms 56, verses 3 and 4. Whenever... I am afraid. I'm going to pause there for just a moment. See, the Word of God doesn't say that we'll never face fear, that we'll never be afraid. But it does tell us what to do when we face fears. Understand that. Whenever I am afraid, okay, psalmist, what are you going to do? I will trust in you. In God, I will praise His name. In God, I will put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Now we know that uh, that David was was running from a lot of different people that were after him, and he had a lot of of, of things that were weighing down on him. But I believe we can take this and, and and apply it to ourselves today. In God, I've put my trust, and because I've put my trust in God, what have I to fear? When fear strikes, 
the battle for faith begins. When fear or anxiety strikes, may we strike back in faith with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, a particular word. What did the psalmist say? Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Come before the Lord, trust in you. We, we sang the song this morning, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Let's read Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. Blessed be the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. And listen to this. And will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green. And will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. See, that should be the picture of a child of God who is resting and trusting in His Word. When the heat comes, when the pressures of life come, talking about a drought, perhaps you're in some kind of drought in your life, whether it be financial or or whatever it may be, health. You're in a drought. Don't fear. Don't be anxious. Keep trusting the Lord, and as we continue to trust the Lord Regardless of the circumstances we are facing, our leaf will be green and we will not cease from yielding fruit, the peaceable fruit of righteousness. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, we read it earlier in our song service. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Now, every time when I read that in, in talking about uh, trusting the Lord and not worrying, not fearing, when it says it will be health to your flesh, you know what? If you're not worrying, if you're not fearful, uh, pretty, pretty good chance you're not going to develop that ulcer, right? Pretty good chance that you're not going to have a nervous breakdown. So it's going to be health to you. It'll be health to you to trust the Lord and not to worry, not to fear. Trust Him. When anxiety comes, when fear comes, when it tries to come, take those thoughts captive and say, no, no, the Word of God says this, the Word of truth. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust you. 2 Timothy 1.7, this is another one of those verses that many of you have committed to memory. Uh, as always, I'm not giving you anything new. I'm just reminding you of what the Word of God is, says. What, what more can He say than what He's already said in His Word? What more can I say than He's already said in His Word? I am here to remind you of the Word of God. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For the child of God who has the spirit of God in us, we don't have a spirit of fear. We have the power of God. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Psalms 118 verses 5 and 6. I called on the Lord in distress. Will we have times in our lives when we come under distress? Yes, we will. So what what should we do? Well, we, we call on the Lord in those times. And the psalmist says, the Lord answered me. 
<laughs> and, and set me in a broad place, in a wide place. The Lord is on my side. Child of God, never forget that. The Lord is on your side. If God is for us, who can be against us? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Trust Him who has given us many great and precious promises. Trust Him knowing that He who has promised is faithful to accomplish all that He has said. Do you believe that? That God is able to accomplish every promise. It's in His Word. Every promise of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus our Lord. May we never forget that. So may we be strengthened and moved along by the truths found in the Word of God. Let's look at some particular verses. Say we're anxious and worried about some situation that we're facing. And we face different situations every day. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Say we're facing some situation and we're tempted to Take it off into that area of worry and fear. Remember this. Fear not. This is, this, is, this is the Lord speaking. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous Right hand. Do we believe that? Do we trust that? Oh, I pray that we do. I pray that we do. And I pray that it would be revealed and lived out in our lives. Perhaps we're worried or tempted to worry or to be anxious or fearful about being weak or having little faith. (laughs) Has that ever come across your mind? 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. He said to me, and this was the Lord speaking to the Apostle Paul, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am humbled before Him, when we're broken contrite before Him, when we realize it's not our strength but His, realizing He is by my side. So we're worried about decisions that we have to make about the future, about which way we should go. Psalms 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do we trust that? If we humble ourselves before Him and pray, and, and, and don't, don't take me... He's, it's not like it's always going to be the handwriting on the wall Go that way. Okay? 
but trust Him. Keep trusting Him. And in due time, in His time, and in His way, we will come to a peace about, I believe, the direction that we should go. Trust Him. Trust Him. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. For some of us, that's getting a little older, we may be tempted to be anxious or worried about getting older, about our bodies starting to fail, and perhaps fighting anxiety about that. How about a promise from Isaiah 46, verse 4? Even to your old age, I am He. This is God speaking here. Even to your old age, I am He. And even to gray hairs, I will carry you. (laughs) I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. What a great promise. What what a great promise to read to someone perhaps who is old and, and perhaps that their time is growing near. Perhaps they're bedridden. You know they're a child of God. What what a great reminder to tell them. That God said He He, he made you and He's He promised He's going to carry you and deliver you. You know, and I could take that deliverance to mean to deliver me to glory when that time comes. Perhaps it's to deliver to deliver out of that particular area of weakness, or perhaps it's to deliver us. Before the Father. Should we be anxious and worried about dying? Well, many people are. And without the Lord, they should be. But for those who are in Christ, Romans 14, verses 7 through 9. Romans 14, 7 through 9. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, We live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. (laughs) What a great promise. Yeah, Put myself in the verse, whether I live or whether I die, I'm the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be the Lord of both the living and the dead. The dead and the living. There's some people that are anxious because they've they've stumbled in their Christian walk and they're concerned that they've because of that stumbling because of that sin that they succumb to that they've made a shipwreck of their faith that they've other utterly fallen away from God see may may the true born again believer counter such thoughts with for Perhaps some of these promises. How about Philippians 1 verse 6? That the true born again believer would come back and rest on this. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you're truly born again, if you're his child, he's going to complete that good work and bring you to glory. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. 
And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. He who calls you is faithful, who will, who also will do it. <laughs> Again, him who, he who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light is able to sanctify us completely. He who called us is faithful and will do it. In, in uh, Hebrews 7, 25. Hebrews 7, 25. Therefore, he, the Lord, is able to save to the uttermost. The, the NASB says, says to save forever those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He will save us. We are saved to the uttermost. We are saved completely. We are saved forever, those who are in Christ. And, and I often read John 10. In, in re- speaking in regards to such truth, John 10, verses 27 and tw- through 29. My sheep hear my voice. And we pause again. Who's the sheep of the Lord? It's the Christians. It's those who are born again. That's his sheep. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them what? Say it. I give them eternal life. Eternal life. And they shall Never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. For the truly born again, He will keep us, He will preserve us till the end, till the end. Child of God, may we remember His great and precious promises. As we're facing life's concerns, trust the Lord. Trust and never doubt. There's an old hymn trying to pop in my mind there. Leave it there, leave it there. Talking about the cares, casting our cares upon Him. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Some versions will say, if you trust him through your doubt, he will surely bring you out. I like that. Those times when we have doubts and we have concerns and we have fears, trust him through that. Take it to the word of God. Take it to the word of God. How about Philippians 4? You've probably been wondering when we're going to read this. Philippians 4 verses 5 through 7. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Child of God, do you, do you, you know that, right? He's near. He's in you. The Lord is at hand. And since He is near, since He is at hand, what's it say? Verse 6, be anxious for some things. Big things, health things, financial things. No, 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 no. Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. But, well, here's a caveat. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's a great promise. And when we do that, when we're we're not anxious, but we're taking everything to God in prayer, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. 
All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Take it to the Lord. Pray. Anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let our requests be made known to God. Pray. Ask God. Ask. We have not because we ask not. Ask. Pray. Ask. Make, make your request known to God. And then what? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Lay it all upon Him and rest. And rest in Him. Rest in Him that He is faithful to accomplish all He has promised. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When I read that, the verse in Isaiah 26 came to my mind. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. You, that's God, you, God, will keep Him, that's me, and that's you, You will keep him in perfect peace. But listen, but listen. Whose mind is stayed on you. Whose mind is fixed on you. Did you you see that? If we're not, if, if we don't have our mind set on the word of God, if we don't have our gaze fixed on him, We're not going to have peace. But there's a promise that you, Lord, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. There, there, trust comes up again. Do you trust him? Do you truly trust him? You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. Child of God, we must be in the Word. We must be equipped with the Word. We must have His Word implanted. May we be prepared, dressed, and equipped in the armor of God. May we meet every lie of the enemy with the sword of the Spirit that we may say as Christ did when He is tempted, no, no Satan, no flesh, no no, no world, because it is is written. There was a lyric in one of the old hymns we sang this morning. I, I don't know if you caught that, where it talked about that. Written in His Word, because His Word has said. Psalm 16, verse 5. O Lord, You are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lions have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also, my heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. How important is that, child of God? How important is that? I have set the Lord always, always before me because He is at my right hand. 
<laughs> he's always near, child of God. He's always near. He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. You're going to be worrying? You're going to be fearful? No. Your heart can be glad. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your word, for your word is truth. Your word is the one thing that we can stand on in a world that's so full of deception and lies. Lord, when, when the world or Satan or, or our flesh come tempting us with lies, Lord, help me, help us all to be able to stand upon your word and say, no, no, help Help us to take those thoughts that come to us, take them captive, just put a grip around them and place them under the obedience of your word, Lord, and say, no, it is written. So, Father, bring your word ever before us. Give us a hunger and thirst for your word. Lord, we need you. Be with us as we prepare to leave this place. Lord, help us. We know, we know that perhaps before we ever walk out these doors, we are going to be tempted with something. So, Lord, I pray that we can put into practice what you have placed in our hearts this morning. Father, help us to be faithful. Help us to trust at all times. Help us to believe that you are ever near. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.